Welcome to Coming Home with Julian Allward, where we discuss salvation through Jesus Christ, a production of Coming Home Ministries. All right, welcome. Today we are kind of excited. We have a little something different. There's going to be a conversation that we're going to have today that's really going to be focused on the prayers of generational prayers, this legacy of faith, especially from our mothers and our grandmothers and our grandparents today. So first, let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord, we want to thank you for this opportunity to come to dig in and to see what your plan has been generation after generation and the power of prayer from especially our grandmothers and what that has meant to us and what it means to have a to have a strategy of prayer for our children and for great-grandchildren and for the generations that have come. Father, we want to thank you because we know that, Holy Spirit, you're going to open up our hearts to hear what you have to say for us. And I just ask that you keep myself and my brother Mason behind the cross and that, Lord, everyone will hear your voice and not ours. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So first I want to introduce Mason Hoover is with me here today. Mason is an evangelist, traveling evangelist at that, from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area. And he's uh, done crusades uh, locally here as well as in many other states. He's been traveling around uh, recently, was in California, doing some crusades and evangelism out there. And it's exciting because I know this brother has a heart for the Lord. And specifically, that he loves not only to share the gospel, but he likes to see heart changed. And uh, so today, we uh, wanted to dig in a little bit into this topic around 2 Timothy. And that's chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I open it up. And uh, this is interesting. There's a lot of different angles to understand this, but I'm going to read it first here. It says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, And I am persuaded, and I am persuaded, is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And of course, this is Paul speaking to Timothy through this, this period here. So, brother, I want you to introduce us a little bit to this. What is it about this verse that kind of uh, stirred your heart and that the Lord laid on to you about this particular experience? Well, I first like to say it's a real honor to be on here, brother Julian. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's just a, a complete honor and a privilege to be able to share the Word of God and dig in the Bible today. But going back, I mean, it has to go back to where I got an encounter with God, where I got saved. You know, I was in uh, the World Hotel in South Korea. And uh, it's, it's a long story from there, but I was pressing to God uh, with the repentance heart. I accidentally repented. I didn't know what I did at the time. I was actually <laughs> pressing to God because I was trying to be good. And I finally told God, I can't be good. You have to find somebody else. And as soon as I said that, the Holy Ghost came in the room and changed me. I, I had a heart change. The Bible says one must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. And I accidentally got born again. You know, like Acts 3 happened to my life. There was a refreshing that happened in my life. But when God encountered me, it had something to do with forefathers and generations. And I felt the Lord impress upon my heart that I have and will be blessed beyond reason because of the great men of God who came before me. So I, I sat out from that day looking for forefathers. You know, who, who are these people? Who are these men that blessed my life? 
So it's always been when you, even like founding fathers, when I, you know, I go through history, finding these people, you know, that these selfless people, they sacrifice so much, you know, in the gospel, the apostles, they, they laid down their life for the faith for us to bless us today. And there's many people in between those days too, you know, last 2000 years. So it, it set me out. So when I see these scriptures and especially my grandmother and mother, it means so much to me. When I hear my grandmother pray, I can feel that. I can feel her prayers that that's that faith that's on the inside of her, that faith that's on my mother is actually on the inside of me. So if you're, you're, you're listening to this today, you might be a grandmother or a mother, you know, continue to pray up for your children because that faith can be imparted into your grandchildren, you know, can be imparted into your children, but they have to come to that free will decision to repent and come to you and and then God will meet meet them in such a powerful way because God's word's true and he will back his word up. So tell me, you <clears throat> did, were, now you, did you come from a, a family of faith then? Were you, was your, your mother and father and were your grandparents believers? Yes, so mainly on my mother's side, very strong. Uh, my mom would drag me to church every Sunday. We'd sing the B-I-B-L-E, you know, that's the book for me. We'd sing this deep and wide. And, and even afterwards, Brother Julian, when I went back to that same Sunday school like 10 years later and they're singing the same songs, I down there start weeping like this is where God marked me. You know, sitting down here with my little hands going deep and wide. And I felt that's where God put a, a mark on my life by my mother dragging me there, even though I didn't want to go. You know, it's just like too late. You're already here. You got marked by God, you know. <laughs> so I had to go in the back room. So there's kids there singing and there I'm in the back crying. So I had to, you know, keep my composure. So I went into like this little cafeteria area and I shut the door to get done, you know, crying and get myself back together. <laughs> but like this is this is what my mother. When did you say crying, me. was that the that was the Holy Spirit working on you at, yeah. at that time? Yeah. Okay. Working on me, showing me like this is what your mother did for you and then bringing you here. You got marked and like everything that I led up to this moment. It was sparked going yeah. to Sunday school. How about you know? your your grandparents? Were they believers as well? Yes, my grandmother. So she imparted that into my mother. You mm-hmm. know, like to raise me in a in a Christian you know family and go. Did to you church. guys ever talk about the Lord with your grandparents? Um, not too much. I mean, when I was going through some tough times in life, you know, I remember I stopped with my grandmothers, and you know, I got into partying and drinking and all that jazz. But I stopped to see my grandmother one time, and she said, "You know, Mason, the Bible says you shouldn't be doing that." And she affirmed me. She was praying for me, but it meant something to me. It wasn't a lot of words. But it impacted me, you know, and that was a start uh, of me being, you know, getting delivered, you know, from that lifestyle. Do you remember your mom praying for you during those years? Did she ever? Yep, every night we go to bed, she'd pray for me. And then she told me later in life, one of the nights I went out and I didn't have my cell phone and I didn't come home and she was worried. You know, she went down in the living room and she cried out to God in tears and she rededicated me to the Lord. Mm -hmm. He is yours. And I joke about this because it's a very serious moment, but sometimes I think now she worries more about me, you know, because now I'm going out and doing dangerous things for the kingdom in, in the world, you know, in a, in a worldly view. You know, we're going in the inner cities where there's violence, preaching the gospel. So now she kind of probably worries the same, you know, about me, but it's, it's doing things for the kingdom now, you know, mm. instead of darkness. You know? you know, it's interesting, the importance of grandparents in the kingdom of God and then the importance of grand, that grandparents play in the roles that the father has in seeing the next generation and the next generation being brought up. I love in Proverbs 16.31 says that the gray hair is a crown of glory and it's gained in a righteous life. And in chapter 17, verse 6, it says that children's children are a crown to the age and the parents are the pride of their children. And I love that one because if you look at it, in the NLT, it says that grandchildren are the, are the crowning glory of the age and parents are the pride of their children. I like that juxtaposition of the words because it's bringing back the fact that 
the kids look up to their parents. You know, I want to be like dad. I want to be like mom. And they begin to emulate them. But those kids, those grandkids, they really are that crowning glory of their grandparents. The grandparents look at the grandkids and they see that there's a level of succession that happens. And especially when they raise up godly children, they see that God has passed down that legacy of faith, that legacy that they've been praying about of what they wanted to see, another generation and now another generation to be able to, to, to raise them up. And grandparents are free from, from the concerns um, that parents have, you know, and they ha- they're, they're typically they're beyond the types of challenges that we have with normal life. And they've gotten into that place where they can really focus on, on really being an example and praying over their grandkids. And it's interesting if we look in Deuteronomy, if we think about even in Deuteronomy, the commandments that God was giving Moses to give to the, the people, the children of, uh, that, of Israel, as the, these folks were going out and they needed commandments from God, the Ten Commandments, and then the, in the Levitical law that you see even further in, in finally in Deuteronomy, Moses is saying to them that you may fear the Lord your God, <clears throat> that you might that you may fear the Lord of your God because you are, he, he's commanding them to, and to keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. You know, we see this again in, in situations in Deuteronomy where the constant commands are being, are being told to, to the parents, but the parents are being told, it's not just for you. It's for your kids and for your grandkids to pass that down so that they won't forget and that there will be a remembrance of what happened. And not only is there a remembrance of what happened, but they will continue to follow in the Lord's way. And I love that because it's an important call to grandparents to stay focused and to stay um, alive in God's word and knowing him and building a relationship with him. Because honestly, grandparents are role models for, for not just their own kids, but for their grandkids, especially. Have you, you know, you, you talked about your, your mom rededicating you. I know that that prayer that she did meant a lot to you. How do you think that that overall, that impacted you through to where you are today? Well, first, when she told me that, I was actually did our first uh, crusade in Harrisburg, and I was about ready to get up on the stage, and that's when she told me about it. So that's one was the moment, because I'm ready to do the first crusade we've ever done, and she tells me that moment where she dedicated me. So it meant that moment when she told me that was huge. But the Bible says that, you know, the, the effective prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, your prayers are effective, and what you pray for your children, you know, like, even as a high priest, and the Bible says a man, like, you're over your children. It's almost like, and even like a mother or a grandmother, it's almost like the devil has to come to the grandmother before it gets your children. You know, it's almost like it's this high stature of prayer level of a covering over your children, and it just, it, it's reality to me. Like, it's not just a Bible verse and, and scripture. Like, she prayed that and it happened, and a lot of people, you know, thinks God's will is just all over the place, but we can read the Bible and see, you know, what God wants, you know, praying what it does. And when you get the fruit of it and you taste it and you actually manifest God's word, it becomes a part of your life. So that's why it's so powerful. It's powerful to see what that did. You know, it wasn't just some mystical thing that just happened. My mother prayed and God answered by fire. Amen. And I got set free and born again. You know, and it's just the impact. You know, I, I built a culture of, of partying and drinking. All my friends, I had it. You know, everything was about partying and drinking. So when I got saved, I had a whole culture around me. But I had conviction, like in the Bible, when Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He says, the world will not know him, but you will know him, and he will convict the world of his sins. So when I got started partying, you know, drinking, I remember as clear as day where I was, 
and I was drinking Miller Lite, and it felt like someone was punching me with a sludgehammer, and I didn't know what to do. You know, you go to the hospital, what are they going to tell you? You're freaking, you're crazy, Julian. You're gonna, you're, what's going on? But I had to read the Bible and see, I got born again. Something changed on the inside of me, and God was convicting me of my sins. So without the Holy Spirit, without that transformation power of God, I couldn't be good, but he changed my desires in my heart that now I couldn't drink no more. It felt like someone was punching me in the stomach. You know, and a lot of people are like, Mason, you can have a beer. And I'm like, let me take a sledgehammer to your stomach and see how it feels. You know, <laughs> I was getting convicted, you know, and that's the power. It's, it's not about you trying to be a Christian, you doing these things. It's about you becoming and letting the Lord come on the inside of you that you have a sound mind today. You know, if your mind's all over the place, it's not you trying to get a sound mind. It's you knowing you can have the mind of Christ, reading God's word and seeing and letting God do the work on the inside of you, giving him permission to help you today, giving him permission to come on the inside of you today and let him, you know, you can get born again. Amen. It's true. It's true. Now, when you think about your grandmother and the role, so you had, you, you definitely had this point where the Holy Spirit came in and convicted you of the sin and the lifestyle that you were in. And, um, and the truth is, is that none of us, um, have the ability to come to Christ by ourselves. It's got to be the Lord calling us, the Holy Spirit doing that work. And when we feel that conviction, we have to make that choice if we're going to follow what the Lord is calling us to do or not. I think of your your grandmother and how much prayer she's putting into this. And there's got to be other grandmothers out here that are thinking about their kids and they want to see that transformation in their in their children and in their grandchildren. And they haven't given up hope. They still have faith. They know that our God is a God of hope. They know that there's still an opportunity all the way until their last dying breath, that that is still an opportunity for their family members. I know you mentioned to me earlier about uh, a woman who must have been close to 100 years old. And she came up to you at one of the events. What, 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 tell us a little bit about I was at a nursing home uh, preaching. The Lord just put that on my heart. Um, uh, in the book of Acts, it, it explains when the day of Pentecost happened. Um, the prophet Joel explained that our old men will have uh, dream dreams again, <laughs> you know, and that includes women too. So in society, we're always talking about kids having dreams. Um, so the Lord put that word on me that your old men will start dreaming again, that, you know, the older people will dream. So God put that on my heart. And, uh, you know, I was preaching, I was telling that God's not done with you. And this lady, she happened to actually be 100 years old. She was weeping. And I was explaining how, you know, your your prayers are birthing something in your children. Your prayers are birthing the next generation. Um, and I told her, you know, God's not done with you. And your prayers matter to your family. And uh, afterwards, I went, she was she was weeping. And she said, I've been praying for the Lord to take me. And now I know why I'm still here to pray for my grandchildren. Um, and, and it was, it was powerful what the Lord did to inspire her because she had a purpose. Even she was a hundred years old. She still had a purpose, you mm-hmm. know, to birth something. And that's why I feel my grandmother, you know, there's a point in your life, even my mother, she was just faithful. She was a faithful soldier of the Lord. Her assignment was to get me there to birth me, to birth what's happening right now. You know, so some, some things might not be all fancy, you know, whatever the call of God, it's just being faithful and you're birthing something like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God gave something to Abraham that wasn't for him. It was to birth in the generations to come so you need to understand and discern that that your faithfulness will birth something you know the the the, the, the you know the forefathers who came before us who didn't see the fruit of their labor it's your turn to break the harvest because of their faithfulness so i just feel my, my grandmother's a catalyst yeah so that that woman you know what she the lord did in that moment was to remind her that he has a purpose for her and it didn't matter her age 
there was a reason she and she was wondering what it was why the lord was keeping her um <laughs> keeping her you know alive at that time and she was it was at a moment of conviction for her that at that moment she realized that god had a purpose and was calling her into prayer into battle for the generations of children that she had brought into this world and it's interesting if you know if you if you're thinking like you know you maybe that's that's something that God put on your heart, but maybe you don't feel like such a prayer warrior. It's important to remember that in Isaiah, in Isaiah uh, chapter 46, verse 4, um, there's a promise that God gives us. He says that even to your old age, I am he, and even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. You know, it's, we have a God that, that, gives us what we need when we need it. We have a God that will carry us even in our old age. When we no longer have the abilities that we had when we were young, the spiritual power will be delivered by the Holy Spirit. And the physical that the physical power and the mental strength that we need, he will give us not only the prayers and the abilities to, but he'll even carry us through when we when we can't do it. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 This is one of my favorite ones. It says, only take heed and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. Lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen. Lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb. When the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. It's interesting. He says here two things. One is, is that he doesn't want them to, to forget lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And the second is that he's saying to teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. There's a call to remember and it's, it's incumbent upon the, the parents. It's incumbent upon the grandparents to build Ebenezer's to build stones of remembrance, you know, and you, and you had brought up earlier that you have a prayer journal, which your grandmother is filling out about the prayers for your own children, you know, which is, which is, which is an amazing thing to pass down. And this is the idea here is that you have a journal by a grandparent or by a parent that's written out for the children to read when they get older, to see all the prayers that were prayed over them. And not only the prayers that were prayed and the requests of God, but the answered prayers, the things that give God glory about what he did so we can remember and see the things that he has done over a period of time. Because grandparents are supposed to teach sound doctrine to their children and to their grandchildren. That word of God must be central in their lives so that they can have that sound doctrine inside of them so that they can teach it. So it's important for grandparents to be spiritually rooted and to have a personal, continuous personal development that's going on. I don't care if you're 100 years old. There's more to the depths of God and that we're being called to. Parents, Grandparents are also supposed to be dignified and self-controlled, that they can live lives that are reverent in behavior and sober-minded so that kids come when they're going out to drink or when they're drunk and they can come and be in front of their grandparents. And whether they, whether they, they, they react to your words or not as a grandparent and as a parent, those kids may ignore you and go out and still be disobedient, but they see the example and they hear your words. And God will use that to convict them. That God will use that to remind them. And especially when they're older, they will see the example that you set. 
And grandparents, they should teach their children and grandchildren how to be godly husbands and wives by setting that example. And they're also there, they should be training and teaching the grandchildren how they themselves to live lives that honor God, just like the examples that you gave. And you know, God answers these prayers. God answers these prayers, and and we have a perfect example with Hannah. Hannah, of course, was the mother of Samuel, and she was infertile and couldn't have kids, and she cried out to the Lord. I'm going to read this one here. This is from 1 Samuel chapter 1. I've, I've got just some verses in here, 11, 20, 24 through 28. But it's the introduction where it says, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. What a great honor to the Lord is to dedicate your child to the Lord. And it says, And no razor shall come upon his head. This was a sign of dedication there, like the oath of the Nazarene. Did not cut their hair, same that Samson did as well. And so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. You see the providence of God here. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls and an epath of flour and a skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli who was the prophet at that time. And she said, O Lord, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by, by you here, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. And therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Incredible to see this woman pouring out her heart to God. God answers prayers. God was faithful to Hannah. And what, what? there's no greater gift than to be able to turn this back around and give it back to the Lord and say to, the, to God, I, will, I want to dedicate this child to you. You know, all of our kids, every single one of them that we have, I know you have three kids, right? I have three kids. There's no greater, no greater honor than to dedicate our children to the Lord and to say, Lord, I want this child to be raised up. But that also means, you know, you have a verse that you like to say about quivers and arrows, yeah, about yeah. sending these kids out because there's, you know, there's two sides to this. We want to give and dedicate our children to the Lord. And she did. She sent out. And right. Samuel went through quite a bit. But uh, share that verse. Um, Psalms, uh, one, uh, Psalms 127, verse 5. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And this, I, I love this. It, it represents your child is actually an arrow, arrow in your quiver. And you're to send that arrow out. And usually most people, you see them line up and they're, they're, they're dedicating their baby in church. And a lot I look at and I say, they don't have a clue what they're doing, you know, because, you know, God's not going to send your kid to some nice place. You know, you're an arrow to go into the enemy's camp. You know, they could be sent him right to the, you know, God could be sending my kids right to the gates of hell. So it's understanding the call of God and where, where God might send your, your kids is this whole revelation of you need to let them go. You know, you can dedicate your kid to the Lord and do all this, but then there's a point in time where you have to launch your child out into the call of God. And like, I look at my daughter and I'm like, Lord, don't send her to Pakistan. You know, who 
knows where God's going to send my children. But I'm willing, you know, knowing like they need to go out because the next generation depends upon it. You know, for me, I have to fulfill a call of God in my life because the next generation might depend upon that. We could go back. Who knows what could happen if you don't do what God's calling you to do? You know, know? Deuteronomy says in chapter 6 that you shall teach them diligently to your children the commands and the commandments. And you shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Basically, every single moment, we are called to train up our children to get ready to be shot out. In the mornings when they wake up, at night, you know, while we're watching TV, while we're in the car, we need to be, everything that happens, we got to bring Jesus into it. We got to bring and teach them about a relationship with the Lord and that, that calling for obedience and righteousness in our own lives, that we've been called to serve them as well. I know we're, we're running out of time and I'm really enjoying this brother, but, um, you know, there's a couple of things that we've been called. I mean, even in Proverbs, it says to train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's Proverbs 22. You know, we, this is an important element. And if you are a parent or, or, or especially if you are a grandparent, you understand you need to be committed to an individual spiritual growth. You have to live a life of generosity. And I want to thank my pastor for these, you know, that he preached uh, recently on Mother's Day. But that life of generosity is, you know, generous with their time, generous with your attention, and and lavish the encouragement and praise on your children to refocus them. And every time they do something that's focused on the Lord, that's focused in this manner, right, it's important that they understand uh, that what they did was the was the right thing. And this is this is really important. Don't miss this is that be generous with your praise. Be generous with your encouragements, especially when it comes to serving the Lord. And be extravagantly forgive. Bring that kind of forgiveness that's extravagant to your children. Give them the grace that God shows to you. Cultivate an environment of peace and release your children to live out God's will and plan for their lives. You know, as we as we begin to wrap up today... Um, Brother, I, I have some uh, a favorite hymn that my grandmother had that I wanted to, to walk through. Um, but we have a couple of these prayers that people could pray over their children. Why don't you go through the first five and I'll do the second five here. Yep. Lord, I pray my child would believe in you with a devout heart. Lord, I pray my child would let you transform their life. Lord, I pray my child would get caught when sin creeps in. Lord, I pray my child would get caught doing right. Lord, I pray my child would believe the truth about who they are in Christ. Amen. Lord, I pray my child would listen to your still small voice. Lord, I pray my child would make wise choices in the face of peer pressure. Lord, I pray my child's mind would be protected from evil. Lord, I pray my child would have compassion on others. And Lord, I pray my child would love you with all their heart, soul, and mind. It's been a great time with you, brother. This is Mason Hoover that's been joining me. He's a local evangelist. And we're going to finish up here with my grandmother's favorite hymn. Some of you may recognize it's the Irish hymn here that St. Patrick made famous. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light. Be thou my wisdom, be thou my true word, and I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Born of thy love, thy child, may I be, thou in me dwelling, and I one with thee. Be thou my buckler, that's a battle shield, 
my sword for the fight. Be thou my dignity, thou my delight. Thou my soul's shelter, thou my high tower. Raise thou me heavenward, O power of my power. Amen. Riches I heed not, nor vain empty praise. Thou mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart. Ruler of heaven, my treasure thou art. And finally, high king of heaven, when victory is won, may I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. I'm going to end tonight a little different. Christ be with you. Christ within you. Christ behind you. Christ before you. Christ beside you. Christ above you. Christ in quiet. Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that you love. Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Amen. Just fill my heart with your love. Help me share it with my brothers Help me show them you're the one And beside you there's no other This has been a production of Coming Home Ministries. For more information or to reach us, go to cominghomeministries.net.